confirm, O God, what Thou hast wrought in us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear friends, we celebrate this beautiful Feast of Pentecost, which commemorates a great historical fact which took place once uh, upon a time over 2,000 years ago, and nothing like it had ever come upon the world, and nothing like it will ever come again. This was a unique and once-off event at the beginning, the founding of the church. In this, we saw in in a very visible way the manifestation of the Holy Ghost who for centuries before had remained hidden, hidden to us. The Father we can see in his visible works of creation. The Son we, we saw in his uh, uh, incarnation and the works of redemption. And now the Holy Ghost manifests himself in a, a visible form unlike we have ever seen. Uh, prior to that, he was, we could say to a greater or lesser extent, unknown and hidden. And here on this feast, he makes himself visible in the forms of uh, tongues, tongues to signify uh, the great work that he is going to do, impart the wisdom and the knowledge to profess our Lord Jesus Christ and the work of redemption that he accomplished for us. The Holy Ghost, we can say, is this, uh, we call the third person of the Trinity, the, the great love that exists between the Father and the Son uh, from all eternity, is uh, this manifestation uh, in the real uh, uh, unique person of the Holy Ghost. He is, we can say, that, that bond between the Father and the Son. And this bond we call uh, the love, the love but that exists between God the Father and the Son. In the uh, creed we say, I believe in God the Holy Ghost, the Lord the giver of life. That is his role for us, the Lord the giver of life, to, to animate, to sanctify us. And our Lord would remind the apostles as he would ascend into heaven to remain, to remain in Jerusalem. Why? wait for the coming of the Holy Ghost. And of course, they didn't totally understand what this meant, but they obeyed. And together with the Blessed Virgin Mary, they were there in prayer. And the Holy Ghost would come upon them, reminding us that the Catholic Church, it's not a human institution. It's a divine institution. It's not the work of men and their own their own uh, eagerness, their own zeal. It's the work of God, the work of God. The Father says, Dom Garanje is power, the Son is truth, and the Spirit is holiness. And it is uh, for this reason that the Spirit has here below the office of sanctifier. Dom Marmion explains that uh, we shall only perfectly grasp the mystery of Christ and the work of our sanctification and salvation if we fix our attention upon the Holy Ghost and His action within us. Our Lord tells the apostles that the Spirit will uh, take his place amongst them when he shall have ascended into heaven, that this Spirit will be for them the master of the inner life, a master so necessary that Jesus Christ prays to his Father that this Spirit may be given to them and may abide in them.
our Lord's whole life, our Lord's whole person, was animated by the Holy Ghost. He was conceived uh, by the power of the Holy Ghost through the verse of Virgin Mary. His whole life was prompted. Every action of our Lord was done under the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Uh, our Lord was never separate from the Holy Ghost. If he was a central aspect of our Lord's life, how much more is he necessary in our life? St. Basil explains, to all he gives the light uh, to understand and attain to the knowledge of God. He inspires the prophets, teaches wisdom to rulers, consecrates priests, strengthens kings, perfects the just, honors the prudent, gives the gifts of healing, brings the dead to life, frees the captives. Therefore, he who wishes to share in uh, the divine glory and reflect as a clear mirror the form of Christ in his soul must first of all ask day and night the help of the divine power of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost more and more in our time as we have become more and more empty, shallow and blind. The Holy Ghost was sent to us, our Lord tells us, as a comforter. Comforter not in the worldly sense of comfort to make you feel good. Comforter in the sense of our strength. Our strength in the trials, in the disasters, in the difficulties of this life. To uh, enlighten us here below. I will ask the Father, says our Lord, and he will give you another comforter. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it sees him not nor knows him. But you shall know him because he shall abide with you and be in you. This is the work of the Holy Ghost, to give the apostles that courage, that conviction, to be the public witness of our Lord at the expense of their life, to give testimony to our Lord, to give the testimony amidst the lies, errors, uh, perversion, immorality, to live the, uh, the Christian life. Humanly speaking, we cannot do this. Humanly speaking, we struggle even to be honest, and I'll come to this point later, we struggle even to love one another. Uh, it's only by the Holy Ghost that we can do these things. He is sent to purify us from our sins and to strengthen us against temptation. Our Lord, when He, com he completed the work of redemption on the cross and uh, uh, confirmed this by His resurrection, how do we become, how do we attain to those graces? through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why the Holy Ghost is invoked in every sacrament. Uh, baptism, uh, confirmation, communion, every, every sacrament, the Holy Ghost is at work or directly invoked. Every sacrament. Because uh, he is the role of applying the graces our Lord obtained for us. Our Lord's mission was passing. He came for a while, stayed for 33 years on earth, and then he died and ascended into heaven, rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. But the Holy Ghost will remain with us all days, even to the end of the world. And we can truly say that where the Holy Ghost is, so also is the Father and the Son. They are not separate. They cannot be separated because God is one, one God, but three divine persons. So where one is, there also is the other. And our Lord tells us this in the New Testament. He who loves me, my Father will come. And we will make our abode in him. We, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Where is one, there is also the other. This helps us to understand why our Lord says, 
the apostles, uh, I'm, I'm coming and I'm going, but then I'm coming. Uh, how does but how is that happen? Well, uh, when he ascends into heaven he, and he sends the Holy Ghost, he's also there. He's also there with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but the Holy Ghost's role now is that of applying those graces of working to assist us in our sanctification. He's there then to adore our soul, adorn our souls with the love of God. And you know, when, when we uh, give our love to someone, we give an expression, a gift or something, or, or we do good works towards them, or we show them affection. Uh, but in the case of our Lord, uh, he is like in communion, the giver and the gift. So our Lord gives us the very love that he, is between him and the Father, the Holy Ghost. He gives us that gift. What an amazing God we have. His very love, the thing that is his very love, the very source of the bond between the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, he gives us that. And this is why on a human level, we cannot, humanly speaking, we cannot stay loving one another uh, on a natural level. And you see this, I give you, you know, I give you a perfect example. You've seen it many times in your life. You, you see two young couples, they want to get married and they get married and they love each other uh, like the ocean, the depth of the ocean. And three or four years later, they want to kill each other. They're angry, they're upset. They're, how is that? Well, on a human level, that's what happens. Human level, we, we get upset, we get angry, we uh, easily lose that love. But it's by the power of the Holy Ghost that we can learn to love in a true sense. That we can stay married forever, not because we look about how great the person is. Your spouse, I, I hate to disappoint you, is not that great. But God, who is great, allows you and, and gives you the love to love them despite their failings, their shortcomings. Just like God loves me and you, and, and for me that's a mystery, how God loves me anyway, um, how he loves us despite our shortcomings, our failings. Uh, because God's love is not a, a, a human love. It's a divine love. Uh, and this is why we need the Holy Ghost even to stay married, to stay faithful, to love one another truly, even to love uh, uh, our children in the proper sense. Often we love them disordinately. We don't uh, love them in the supernatural sense. But to love one another in a supernatural perspective, we really do need the Holy Ghost. And we all understand it's so easy to get upset with uh, our family members, our friends, our relatives, when they disappoint us. But uh, the Holy Ghost allows us and shows us how to love and to love on a sacrificial level and to love always. Uh, as I say, what a great mystery that our Lord gives us the love itself. Uh, we cannot give that sort of love to anyone, but our Lord gives us that love in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, you know, he comes with, uh, does not come empty-handed. As a true lover, he comes and he brings his gifts with him. The seven gifts uh, of the Holy Ghost and the, the 12 fruits of the Holy Ghost and many more other gifts uh, which the church does not spend so much time enumerating on. But he gives us these great gifts to fill our soul with virtue. The virtues that we are going to need in this life uh, in order to overcome self-love, selfishness, uh, overcome ourself and to lay down our life for our Lord. And you could see, uh, and I'm going to touch on this point later, but why the churches are so empty, why the uh, monasteries and convents are empty. They're empty because we have uh, abandoned the Holy Ghost. Uh, we have 
turn to human selfishness. Uh, it's the only the Holy Ghost that inspires men and women to lay down their life completely and surrender for the service of God and their neighbor. That's not natural, humanly speaking, possible. But the Holy Ghost has inspired so many men and women in the, in the millions over the centuries to lay down their life completely uh, in the service of religious vocations. That's a supernatural grace, only from above. Uh, unknown, it's still to this day unknown in Islam and uh, uh, other religions. Uh, unknown. Judaism, they all still uh, uh, want this religious life, but they want to be married in this world. And that's because, humanly speaking, we cannot abandon this world without the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost, uh, who teaches us to, to love chastity, to love poverty, to love uh, obedience. These things in themselves, they are not lovable. And probably they're not even good in themselves. Who wants to be poor in this world? No one. You want to be materially uh, possessed of, of many things. It's only the Holy Ghost that enlightens us to say uh, these things are empty, to show us the emptiness of the things of the world, uh, the things that we so eagerly aspire for and after. Only the Holy Ghost can inspire us, show us, and, and give us the grace year in, year out to live that, to live that. Very few today live that reality, embrace that reality. Uh, and, and even very few amongst those who claim to embrace it live it properly uh, today. Very few live it properly. This true spirit of poverty, obedience, uh, chastity, it's very few live that properly today. Let's be honest about this point. Even amongst those who've embraced it, uh, and I will speak more about that shortly, but it's the Holy Ghost that helps us. Helps us in this regard and helps us to be filled with the knowledge and the wisdom of Almighty God. Helps us to understand the great mysteries of our faith. You know, I thank God in some ways I wasn't there in the early years of the church when they're discussing these great points of doctrine. Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, he is a, a divine person with a human nature and a divine nature, two wills, uh, one, person, one divine person. I don't know if I would have worked that one out. But thanks be to the God and the church and the Holy Ghost enlightening the saints to be able to discern these beautiful truths and understand them and uh, fight for them against the heresies. You know, today when we look to the East, full of uh, uh, Muslims and, and infidels and pagans, but that, those nations were once Christian and Catholic countries, but because they fell into materialism and heresy, God punished them with the punishment of Islam. And, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Orthodox for many years uh, were holders of these countries. But God sent these heretics, he sent them a, a, a pagan heretics, the Muslims, to punish them for their heresy, their pride and their stubbornness. And now, as uh, uh, St. Vincent Ferrer put it, God has given these countries to the dogs, and the Muslims. It's God given it to Islam as a punishment to Christian infidelity of the greatest of sins. Greatest of sins are those which touch God himself, and that is the sin of heresy. And you know, this great mystery of the, the, the Trinity, God did not reveal this to the Jews. He hid that from them. But in the last days, he told us uh, about himself in complete fullness, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
is while it's not true to say that the Jews didn't have some understanding of it, because very many uh, passages refer to it, and the Jews certainly had an understanding, and I'll come to another point someday, uh, at least of uh, the plurality of persons in God. But this great mystery was revealed to us. What a great privilege. What a great privilege it is. And this is why Father Faber says that the crowning disloyalty to God is heresy. It is the sin of sins, the very loathsomest of things which God looks down upon in this malignant world. Yet how little do we understand of its excessive hatefulness. It is the polluting of God's truth, which is the worst of impurities. And rightly he concludes then, we do not love God enough to be angry for his glory. We do not love men enough to be charitably truthful to their souls. We lack the devotion to truth as truth as God's truth. And you wonder why today people are not interested in the Catholic faith. Well, because the Catholics are not interested in the Catholic faith. Most of our faithful, let's be honest, most of our faithful don't know their catechism beyond the primary school level. Why? Because they don't care to know. They've got a high school education at least, but they don't care to know. What do they care to know? I'm not sure. You, you work that out. But I'm not sure what they care to know. But it's certainly not our faith. And they are certainly not angry, indignant, uh, because God is being blasphemed. Being blasphemed not so much by the pagans, but by the Catholics themselves, by the priests and the bishops of the Catholic Church. They have successfully worked uh, in the last 50 years to ensure that our faith has been dismantled on almost every single level, thanks to the hard work of the Catholic bishops in the Church. Uh, and empty churches, empty schools, empty convents, and the schools today of the Catholics, they are not Catholic schools. They're not Catholic. They run as worldly businesses. That's all they are. Uh, they have uh, sought for the possessions of this world. And it's very interesting that in the West, I don't, last time I checked, I don't see any, anyone persecuting us, uh, telling us if you don't practice, if you practice your faith, we'll put you to death. And yet, uh, we have apostatized from our faith. Give us a bit of comfort, a bit of money. And we don't care for God because we have made our God our belly. And this is the state of the West today. No one cares anymore when truth is being attacked, when principles are, are being uh, undermined, when morality is being uh, degraded. Nobody cares. Nobody's angry. Nobody's taking to the streets. But should, should our, our pockets be affected, yeah, that's when we get upset. That's when we start protesting because our pockets are being affected. But when our faith, our principles, our morality, well, we don't really care so much. And this is important because we might say, well, all good and dandy for the priest to speak to us about a historical event that took place 2,000 years ago, Pentecost, the Holy Ghost coming. But where is the Holy Ghost today? Well, the Holy Ghost is still there. The only problem is that we have cast him out. We have cast him out. And he was cast out by Catholics. Cast out by Catholics uh, in many centuries. As I said, in the East, I look at the West. King Henry VIII was a Catholic. Martin Luther was a Catholic. Uh, the Catholics have cast him out. Catholics have cast him out. 
And today we are living off the fruits of this apostasy. Vatican II was run by Catholic bishops uh, who uh, turned to the world, to worldly solutions, instead of turning to the power of the God and the Holy Ghost, and of which they had thousands of years of great witness, miracles, saints, wisdom of which we have never seen in the history of humanity. Just take the writing of St. John of the Cross, St. Thomas Aquinas. No human man has ever walked the earth to come close to their writings, ever. And, and yet they turn to empty, hopeless, worldly solutions. And you wonder why the churches are empty. The churches are empty because the hearts and the minds of uh, the leaders of the church are empty. You know, today uh, in Australia, some of the bishops are complaining that the government wants to, to uh, take one of the Catholic hospitals over. Uh, uh, but hold on. For years you've stood for nothing. You've taught the faithful nothing. So when the government comes to rob you and trample you underfoot, I'm sorry to say, but you deserve it. You've robbed the faith of the people of Australia for the last 50 years, robbed them. And you're upset now that, that you're being robbed? Ah, why should you be upset? You're getting what you deserve, you rotten criminals. That's what you've become, a bunch of thieves and criminals. Uh, the faith is not taught in our schools, in our country. The bishops are empty. They stand for nothing. The Catholics stand for nothing. And we are upset when the world wants to trample us under by foot. But we've stood for nothing. Uh, what do you expect? We have a country that believes in abortion, that believes in euthanasia. Where are the Catholic judges, lawmakers, to be upset about this? Where are they? They're not there. So you wonder where the Holy Ghost is. Well, he's not there either. He's not there because the Holy Ghost, we can compare him to uh, electrical waves. Uh, you know, your phone runs on these, these signals, these waves. If your phone is switched on and somebody calls you, it normally rings. The Holy Ghost is like that. His signal is there. But if the phones are switched off, if the radio receiver is switched off, well, it's not going to be received by the receiver. And this is what's happening today. It's not being received by the receiver because to a greater or lesser extent, we are either have it switched off or we are totally indifferent. We don't really care. And if we don't really care about the things of God, what do we really care about? This is the wonder. Have we received the Holy Ghost or have we received the spirit of the world in our hearts and our minds, which... As our Lord says in the New Testament, the spirit of the world, it seeks to rob us of the grace. It's like that seed that starts to grow and then uh, because of the cares and the spirit of the world, chokes us up, chokes us up. The Holy Ghost lifts us up to be children of God. Children of God, what does that mean? Well, here Dom Garanje explains, this disposition of sonships of God makes the soul alive to whatever regards the honor of God. It enables man to nourish within him a sorrow for his sins in consideration of the divine mercy which has borne with and forgiven him and of the suffering and death of his Redeemer. It makes him thirst for God's glory to be ever spreading. He would, if he could, 
bring all of his fellow creatures to adore this God. He feels most keenly every insult that is offered to so dear a king. We should feel the insults offered to our God. And as I say, who, who is offering the insults today? Let's be honest. It is the bishops, the pope, and the priests. We have a blasphemous pope who worships the, the mother god, Pachamama. Instead of destroying that and slapping the, this insult, instrument uh, pontiff, people just go along with this perversion, worshipping a, a human idol and no outrage, no indignance. Bishops uh, which don't have the faith themselves don't teach the faith. Empty churches, which the churches that have become beautiful museum pieces, that's all they are, at least some of them are beautiful. The rest that they have made in the last few years, you know how abominable they are themselves, what an insult to the glory of God and the, the beauty, beauty of the Catholic Church. But who is there uh, uh, blaspheming our God? It's our clergy. They've lost the faith. And instead of being indignant about this, we just shrug our shoulders. No, this should make us indignant to what directly attacks Almighty God. But most of us don't even care to learn our faith, to know our faith, to share our faith, to live with the conviction of our faith. The apostles went and converted the world. They were 12 people. Uh, and they were not that bright, simple fishermen. They understood a little bit. But with the coming of the Holy Ghost, they were able to convince the world of judgment, of sin, of uh, uh, hell. We are more than they, says St. John Chrysostom. How is it that we haven't converted the entire world over? That's a great mystery. That is a great mystery itself, that we have not converted the world. If each one just converted one person, our parish would double next year, and then the year over, and the Catholic world would quadruple over. Why not? Ask ourselves. Food for thought on this Feast of Pentecost. Perhaps we need to allow the Holy Ghost to enter into our lives. Perhaps we need to start to pause and think, where is the treasure in uh, my heart today? Uh, the Holy Ghost is a consuming fire. We should set our hearts and our minds ablaze for God, for the faith to share and spread the faith. That was the only reason I became a priest, to make our Lord known and loved. I can go to Mass like you. Uh, I can go to communion like you. But to share our Lord is the greatest gift we've been given. Why more people are not on fire in our parishes for the love of God is beyond the mystery. Beyond the mystery. And today, again, ironically, in a day where the truths of the faith are so easily accessible for you, so easily accessible. They were not even that accessible in my day. And yet, uh, all the more indifference, all the more. We have less vocations in a time where we have more schools, more chapels, more monasteries, more convents. What a mystery. Something's going wrong. Something's not right in our hearts. And we need to examine that. And to assist us in this, God has given us the greatest friend of the Holy Ghost. Our Lady. Our Lady is the spouse of the Holy Ghost, the mother of the Son, uh, uh, the daughter of the Father, and the spouse of the Holy Ghost. 
she was with them, preparing the hearts of the apostles to receive uh, uh, the Holy Ghost. She is there with us at every Mass to help us prepare to receive our Lord well, to profit from the graces of Mass and Communion. So let's ask her, the spouse of the Holy Ghost, to pause, help us to pause and reflect and to be open and docile instruments of the Holy Ghost so that together with her we may come to that kingdom which has no end forever in heaven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.